Yevamos, Perak Base, Mishnah Gimel 2 3. Klal Amru Bayevama. The Mishnah sets down actually three basic principles to deal with Yevamos. Again, this is largely um, just unpacking what we had set up to now. The first is Kol Shi Isser Erva. Anytime you have a forbidden incestuous relationship that carries with the penalty of Karis, like the 15 we detailed at the beginning of Masechta. So then, such a woman, if she falls to what would be Yubim with someone who has such a relationship with her, she may do neither Chalitza nor Yibum with that brother. Again, if there was a third brother who didn't have a relationship, he could, but the brother who has a relationship, one of the 15 from the first Mishnah, may not. Old news. The Mishnah continues and says, Isura Isur Mitzvah. If the restriction between the widow and the surviving brother is one which is only an Isser Mitzvah, it's a, I'll translate as rabbinic prohibition. That means from the Torah's perspective, she is fallen to Yibam. There's a Zika, and she must either have Chalitza or Yibam done to her. But the rabbis say nothing doing. These couples not getting married. Like one example, and more in the next mission you'll see, uh, a person's grandmother. The Torah didn't say a person may not marry his grandmother, but the rabbis said nothing doing, no way. They're called Shneos, like uh, one degree removed from the primary Ervos, Arayos. So just like how one can't marry his mother, already um, Shlomo Melech, way back when, said you can't marry your grandmother, nor your great-grandmother, etc. So since the Torah says there would be a mitzvah of Yibam, but the rabbi said nothing doing, so then the rule will be that one must do chalitza, but may not do Yibam. And similarly, says the Mishnah, if you have what's called an Iser Kedusha, that means that the Torah prohibits this marriage, but the weight that the Torah gives that prohibition is not one that carries the penalty of karis, divine severance, excision. Uh, rather, it's just a generic love. The Torah says you may not, but doesn't carry the penalty of karis. So then, since the rule is across the board that a mitzvah ase is dochelos ase, when the Torah says an explicit commandment to do something which is running exactly in contrast to when the Torah says don't do something. The rule is that mitzvah ase is doche lo sase. The commandment to do it overrides the commandment not to do it. That's the rule, and therefore it should be that yibum should be required for such a scenario. Like, let's say, for example, a mamzer. A mamzer is someone who's not allowed to marry other Jews, but that's just a generic love, not not the penalty of karas. So if the woman is a mamzer, can she now to Shetri Yibam with the brother? The answer is rabbinically, sorry, from the Torah, she should have to do Yibam because just the Isra to marry her is just an Isra, uh, just a Isra generic love, not a Karis one. But the rabbi said, no, nothing doing. We're not doing Yibam at all. So in both of those scenarios where you have um, a Torah mandate to do Yibam or Chalitza, but there's a rabbinic overlay which says we're not doing that for whatever reason, whether it's Isra Mitzvah or Isra Kedusha. Again, we'll explain more in the next Mishnah about that. So then our only option is Choletzes. She must do Chalitza so she can get on with the life and marry somebody else. Velom Mesiyabemis, but we prohibit Yibum to do Yibum again in Rabbanon. Now, those two are kind of old news-ish. And we'll explain more about that second case in the next Mishnah. This third case actually is a bit of a mouthful. It just says something, matter of fact, as if this is the third and obvious category, that a chosa shi yivimta, choletis omus yabemis, the scenario where the sister of the one, I can't, before I even translate it, let me say all sorts of background here. Okay, the rule is that, 
Number one, the Torah prohibits a person from marrying his wife's sister during his wife's lifetime. So, um, and after his wife is dead, then actually he may marry the sister. So that would mean, a generic case, if Reuven and Shimon are brothers, they marry two sisters, Rachel and Leah. So then, if Reuven dies childless, so then his wife Rachel hypothetically would fall to the brother Shimon through Yibam, but she can't because Shimon's already married to her sister, so she's free to go. There's no, it's an erva, the wife, your wife's sister. Now, in addition, the rabbis look at the zika, the bond that exists between the yavama and the yavam, the people who, the, the widow and the surviving brother, so it it's, resembles marriage in a lot of ways, right? Because she essentially, to, she can't marry other people until she resolves that connection by severing it, by doing chalitz, let's say, or, you know, which is, all sounds like marriage. That's what marriage kind of looks like. So the rabbis felt that while you have a zika to woman, it's as, we'll treat it as if you were married to her. And the major consequence of treating a zakuka, like one who's got a zika to you, this bond, as if she were married to you, is that until you resolve that Zika, so all of her relatives are going to be like, the ones that are forbidden to you, if you'd be married to her, are now forbidden to you, right? So like, let's say like the mother. So for example, if Shimon had plans on marrying the mother of his sister-in-law, so as soon as his brother Reuven dies childless, and the sister-in-law falls to him as... With a Zika, she becomes, she's waiting to have Yubim done to her. So now it's as if they're married on some level, and therefore all the relatives, like her mother, become forbidden to him, and now Shimon has to call off the wedding with her mother because she's as if she's related. So if that's the case, so now let's just say that there are three brothers, Reuven, Shimon, and Levi, and Reuven and Shimon marry two sisters, and now both of them die and they're therefore each one was childless, so now each of their wives should fall to Levi for Yibum. So now the problem is he so to speak now once that Zika kicks in, Levi has a Zika, a would be Zika with Rachel and one with Leah, which makes Rachel sort of his wife, a quasi wife, and Leah his quasi wife. And since you can't marry your quasi wife's sister, so therefore, Levi can't marry Rachel because she's the quasi-wife's sister. And he can't marry Leah because she's the other quasi-wife's sister because their sister's one with the other. So therefore, since neither can do Yibam, so that Yibam was out. Um, there's a rabbinic issue. This, since there's only rabbinic nature, Chalitza might be required. But the point is they can't do, you know, Yibam can't be, can't be done. The point our Mishnah wants to bring forth in this last sentence is that if only one of the two sisters are possible to fall to this brother Levi, as I'll explain the case in a minute. So then, Levi can do even more with her, and the fact that she's a sister with a woman who might have otherwise fallen through a Zika to Levi, that, that's not relevant. So just, here's the case now. Two brothers, Reuven and Shimon, married two sisters, Rachel and Leah. They have a third brother, Levi. Okay? Now, who is this Leah that Shimon married? So it's actually a woman who had an existing, it's her second marriage, let's say, and she had an existing 
Erev a relationship with Brother Levi. So in other words, the story is that prior to Shimon marrying Leah, Leah had been married to Levi's son. That means, once upon a time, this woman Leah was Levi's daughter-in-law, Kalaso. And one's daughter-in-law, Kalaso, is forbidden to him forever. So even after the after Levi's son gets, let's say, divorced from Leah, so Levi and Leah are forever forbidden one to the other because she's his Kala, it's his daughter-in-law. Now if, as a second marriage, Leah marries Shimon, Levi's brother, so now you have the setup. Reuven and Shimon, two brothers, are married to two sisters, Rachel and Leah. Reuven and Shimon have another brother called Levi. Reuven and Shimon both die, childless. So now Rachel and Leah both would have to do the mitzvah of Yib Morchalita. However, the arrow that would connect Leah to Levi never gets set up. There's no Zika there because she's off limits. She is a erva to him. And therefore only one woman is in the picture of doing Yib Morchalita with Levi. That's the other woman, Rachel, who never had any relationship with Levi. And since Rachel has nothing, no, she's the only one that's connected to Levi through Ezekiel. There's no reason in the world why Levi can't do Yibam or Chalitza, whatever he wants. But he could marry her. The point is he could marry her. And the Chiddush is he could marry her with Yibam even though she is the sister of someone who else who fell to Yibam to him but couldn't do Yibam with him because she was an erva to Levi. In other words, right? Her sister also would have fallen to Levi if it wouldn't be the fact that her sister had an existing pre-resist relationship as being a daughter-in-law, and therefore, all you have left is Rachel, who could do more Chalitza with Levi. That's the case of our mission, this one throwaway sentence here, surprisingly. It says, Achosa shehi yevimta. In a scenario of our Mishnah, we have what's called Achosa shehi yevimta, which means that the sister of the erva, so in our case it was Leah was the daughter-in-law, so therefore, Rachel, who's the daughter-in-law, who Leah's, daughter-in-law Leah's sister, she Yevimta, she is like the would-be co, the co-person falling to Yibum. That's the second person going to Yibum. So since she, Leah, is not in the picture, because she's in Erva, all you have left is Rachel, and therefore Levi can choletzetz, oh, misyabemes, Levi can do Yibum or Chalitza with Rachel as he chooses. And those three kind of general categories of someone who's Asr Midoraisa, therefore no Yibim, no Chalitza, someone who's Asr Midorabanan, yes, Chalitza, no Yibim, and someone who has no restriction, and therefore yes, Yibim or Chalitza as a wish, are all going to be essentially Halakha Lamaisa.